Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Amen. Church, take a seat, please. Thank you, band. Thank you, musicians. So wonderful. We so appreciate you leading us in our praise and our worship. Let's hear this. So we're going to, on Father's Day, we're going to turn from honouring our own uh, fathers to honouring our Father in Heaven. And I think it's one of our great spiritual tasks, and that is to receive that truth that we have a Father in Heaven who loves us with the love the Bible says is beyond our understanding, and we need the Holy Spirit to actually help us uh, appreciate that. And that he looks upon us as beloved, and he looks upon us as cherished, and he looks upon us as fallen and as flawed as we are, and he sees us as his most cherished possession, the apple of his eye. It's one of our tasks to to receive that uh, here this afternoon. And I think one of the pivotal verses in the Bible that help us do that is from John chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13. And the Apostle writes this, To all who did receive him, to all who received Jesus, to all who acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God who died in my place, in our place, for our sins, but rose from the dead and gives us eternal life. To all who receive him in faith, to those who believe in his name, that he gives this right. He gives the right to become children of God. God's sons and God's daughters, born not of natural descent, not of a human decision, not of a husband's will, but born of God. If we go on to the next chapter, Jesus says, you must be born again. This is what he means. When we believe in Jesus, then we become alive and aware of God as our Father. And as much as I have good parents, Tom and Hermione, as much as Tom and Hermione uh, loved me, and as much as Tom and Hermione looked after me, they weren't actually the first people to love me. The first people to love me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, was God. God says, uh, well, the Bible says, we love because God loved us first. And even if Mum wasn't aware of me till eight weeks into after my conception, whatever it is, God was there right at the start. In fact, God was there even before. I was even conceived. I was in his heart. So, as much as I've got an earthly father, when I was born again, when I received Jesus by faith, that he has taken my place on the cross and given me eternal life, I discovered I had another father before Tom, as great as Tom was. One who came before him, who knew me before him. A God, a father who knows my very inner workings, my inner thoughts my strengths and my weaknesses. A father who formed me in my mother's womb, who's given me gifts, who sees me in secret, who knows my secret thoughts, and set before me a wonderful purpose. When I was born again, I discovered I have a home in heaven, I have a whole new family, I've been adopted into God's family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I discovered I've got brothers and sisters. Here are some sitting in front of me. We all share the same Father. We've experienced His abundant love and His abundant grace. And so that's a spiritual task for us to embrace. And the Bible says, be transformed, renew your mind, 
we need to see ourselves differently. Yeah. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us and God formed us. I'm not a product of my dad's will. I'm not a product because mum and dad decided to have a baby. My lineage, my heritage is not Tom, whose dad was James, and I don't know who came before that. As much as I appreciate what came down, they're actually all dead and gone. My real lineage is alive. I've been adopted, uh, Alan said uh, during communion, I've been adopted into God's family. Yeah. And he is my true father. In fact, he's more than father. When Jesus was, was here, he said, Abba, Father. Again, Alan um, alluded to this. He's our dad. My dad parted the Red Sea. Yeah. Ooh, if we can get that sort of language, my dad part of the Red Sea. Yeah. My dad has done some awesome things. Dad, you've done some awesome things. Makes Jesus our brother. The book of Hebrews tells us Jesus is my brother. It's one of the reasons Jesus came. He came to reveal Father God as our Father. Hebrews 1 says this, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The prophets, the Old Testament prophets, revealed God, but they didn't know him as Father. They knew him as God, almighty, sovereign, powerful, almighty, Yahweh, that so holy and above us that we weren't even really supposed to say his name. There was only one who knew God as Father. There was only one Son, and that was Jesus. So when he came, what he could do was complete the picture. He could give us the final revelation, the final piece in the puzzle of who God is in relation to us. And he goes, think of your Father as a Father. Think of God as your Father. And think of God as a good Father, as a loving Father. And so as a father myself, I find that quite interesting and I find it quite um, uh, a privilege because God's saying there's something about a father-child relationship which will reflect me. And it's not just fathers, it's mothers as well. There's something about a parent relationship, a parent-child relationship, which will inform you and let you know what I am like and how I am predisposed towards you. So we're privileged, if you're a parent, to have some sort of insight into how God works and how God thinks. And so when I think about some of my parenting experiences, it gives me some insight into how God is and who he is. That's why I've called it Things I Learned About God. I think it's called this, isn't it? What being a dad taught me about God. And there's three, I've, only, I've got dropped it down to three things. Three things, I think, for me anyway, hit me when I was a parent that made me go, right, I appreciate God a lot more than I did before. Here's the first one. Things I've learned about God from being a dad, from having children, and that is closeness and intimacy. There's a level of closeness and intimacy that I will share with my child that I do not share with anybody else. There is actually no, there is now because they're 20, but back then, no physical personal space, no personal space between me and my children. So I could pick them up and do the big blurter on their belly, you know, I could snuggle and do, do the big blurter on their, on their neck. Uh, when it came to changing nappies, I had absolutely no problems. 
I was very happy to get down and dirty because I was so close and there was no personal space between us. Um, I'm a dad, so no matter how big the nappy was or how small, I only ever used one wipe. <laughs> because wipes cost money. Right? I'm a dad. However, if I had to change somebody else, I tell you what, out came the wipes. <laughs> I wasn't touching anybody else's. You know? So there was this, this amazing closeness and oneness that I felt with my children. And that's how God feels about us. An amazing closeness and an amazing intimacy and amazing oneness with us. It's not just physical, it's emotional as well. If you go and watch your children in a theatre production or uh, in a sporting team, who, who are you watching? You are invested and you are focused on your child. And that's what God tries to tell us by going, think of me, think of God, think of me as a parent and, a, and, and you're the child. Think about that and you'll have a good idea of who I am. In Acts 27, it says this, God did this, something else, so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. Though, here we are, he is not far from any one of us. God is not far from any one of us. For it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. Deuteronomy 1. I, the Lord your God, carried you, speaking of Israel, I carried you as a father carries his son. How do fathers carry sons? Well, there we go. There's a nice little thing there. Right? But it's close. Yeah. It's intimate. It speaks of oneness. Philippians, the Lord is near. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And as much as those verses say God is near to each one of us, there's nothing like Psalm 139 because it goes beyond that. As much as you can capture the love you have for your children, um, God's love for each one of us goes way beyond that. We almost can't comprehend it. So I want to read from Psalm 139, because this is the psalm that King David wrote. And it's actually God putting into David how he thinks that we should understand who God is and how he feels about each one of us. And sometimes, sometimes we can feel on our own. Sometimes we can feel like nobody sees us, nobody knows us, that we're invisible. You know, one time Jesus was talking to, to the people and he says, you know, when you give and when you pray, don't make it obvious for everybody to see you. Right? Give and pray on your own in secret and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you in secret. So as much as we might feel on our own and nobody's taking notice and I'm invisible, your Father in heaven sees you in secret. Yeah. Psalm 139 goes beyond uh, God is near and God is close. And it captures God's heart and his love towards us. I haven't got it up there. I'm going to read it to you. And I've switched the use with eyes. I've made it first person. I think that's the, the right term. So I want you just to sit there and just as if God is saying this to you. You might want to close your eyes if I help you or, or whatever. So from Psalm 139, this is God speaking. I formed your innermost being. It was I who shaped your delicate inside. It was I who shaped your intricate outside. I wove you together in your mother's womb. I formed you. I formed every bone in your body. 
and I created you in the secret place. And I created you carefully and skillfully. I shaped you from nothing into someone. I saw who I created you to be before you saw the light of day. I counted and numbered your days. I planned for you for every day and I recorded them in my book. Every single moment I am thinking of you. How precious and wonderful are my thoughts towards you. You are constantly in them. My desires are toward you and they are more than the grains of sand on every shore. And when you awake every morning, I am with you. And it goes on. That's a level above God is near you. That is God's every heart and every desire is for you. And we battle, we battle to receive that. But in the name of Jesus and with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can receive that. And we can work towards that. So what do children do? As much as I can invade their personal space and they're quite happy with it, and I can do the blur and I can change the nappy, etc. What do the children do? The children are surrendering. The children are trusting. The children are accepting. The children have a confidence that their father loves them and their father will look after them and their father will take care of them. And that's our part. We want to snuggle in, if you like. Um, you know, I think back to, to, to our children and I think the, 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 the most precious moments are when, when we, you know, we had that closeness. God says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And I can, you know, you get on a couch and you draw near to someone and they draw near to you and then you draw even nearer and before you know it, you're actually on, on their lap and reading the stories and stuff. Jesus says, come as a child would come. We've got a little granddaughter now, Dorothy, and um, she's got this thing where she just walks up and she doesn't even look at you. She just goes, up, please. <laughs> up, please. And there's a surrender. Up, please, God. Yeah? There's a surrender and there's a trust. And that's not a bad prayer to pray, is it? Up, please, God. You know, God, up, please. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. But what we can do is, is, is be in, in faith knowing that God is going to be there for us, no matter what. Because sometimes we think, you know, God says, come as a child, just trust. You won't have it all together. And we think we've got to come as an adult with everything all together. You know, that's, that's not what God is expecting. God is expecting us to receive his invitation of love, to receive his invitation of acceptance, to receive his invitation of, I am your father, who loves you, like your dad who loves you. So it's in him that we will find true security, true belonging, and a true place where we are truly known. In John chapter 10, we read this. I give them, that's you and me, I give them, I give my children eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one will be able to snatch them out of my Father's hand because I and the Father are one. And if we look at that, we go, Jesus has us in his hand, the Father has us in his hand, and I and the Father are one. We're enclosed and enveloped by an amazing love. Number two, number one was, I was amazed at how close 
I felt with this other person. Number two, I wanted to be the go-to guy. As a dad, that's what I wanted. I wanted them to call out to me. I wanted to be there for them. So I loved it when they said, Dad, can I, I don't care what was on the rest of that sentence. Can I have this? Can I have that? I mean, really, my, our, our early relationship is all about them asking me for stuff, you know, and me giving them that stuff, you know, within reason, not like pops morning, you know, but I'm on the front foot and I'm ready to give them stuff. You know, I want to be, the, I want to fix up their problems. You know, I want to be there to change that light bulb. I want to be there to take them to hospital. I want to be there to pick them up wherever they're going to be. You know, I want to be there. I want to do this. I want to purchase this because I love them so much. And maybe that's a little bit selfish. Maybe it's not so much I want to uh, help them and do stuff, but I want to be included in their life. And I think that's one of the great things that we can do for God our Father on Father's Day, and that is to start including him in our thinking and including him in our daily walk and including him with what we want to do with our life. It's how the Bible works. All the way through the Bible, we read of people calling out and crying out to God including him. It's the wisest thing to do. No matter what you're grappling with or no matter what your challenge is, it's get God involved. God, I need you. Dad, I need your help here. Some of the best prayers bypass our brain. Some of the best prayers come from deep inside. And it's a real cry out to God. Psalm 107 verse 19. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. You cry out, God's on the scene and he will save you. Psalm 34 verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them from all their troubles. God is on the front foot. He's going to be there. He wants to be there because he wants to be the go-to guy. That's what I learned about God. What did I learn about God? That he's close and he wants to be close. What did I learn about God? He wants to be there to answer my problems and my issues and be with me right in the middle of them. We are not alone. We've got the sovereign God of the universe right alongside us, ready to be part of who we are and what we're after. This is false. This is a false idea. I had this thought once, I think it was God telling me, having a coffee, I was looking out over the beach, and this thought came, you will never have it all together, Stephen. You'll never have it all together. I thought, well, you hurt my feelings, God. You're supposed to be encouraging me. You're supposed to be building me up. But actually, it was just a loving truth. You know, let go. You're actually never going to have it all together. What you actually need is me alongside working through, working it through with you every step of the way. So this is a false idea that you have to have it all together for your relationship with God to work. And as much as we go, yeah, I understand that, we still battle with that, I think. We want to get ourselves right before we come and present to God. That's not how it works for our children. We will receive our children as they come. What do we want them to do? We just want them to come as they are, as dirty or as clean or whatever. And we actually take great pleasure fixing them up, cleaning them, making them clean and making them bright and new again. That's God's heart for each one of us. It's false. 
that God is only looking for people who have no problems. Who have, put your hand up if you want to wish to play this game. Put your hand up if you have no problems. If you've got everything nailed down. If you're always happy and joy, joyful. That you're always loving. No, we, we're not. Okay? But God wants us anyway. The foundation of our whole relationship with God is about crying out to him, admitting that we don't have it together. Yeah. Admitting that we're lost, that we're hurting, that we may have screwed everything up, but we need him to come and fix it up for us and to pick us up and to lead us on. Yeah. We want to cry out to God. Jesus, put it this way, a bit more nicer. Nicer, more nicer. In Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, there goes Jesus again, why are you? You're supposed to be encouraging me, Jesus. No, you're evil. You are evil. And even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. I mean, Jesus is speaking to a crowd. I'm sure there were parents there. And he goes, well, you, you're, you're evil. And, and if your children come to you and ask you for bread, you're not, you're not going to give them a stone. Well, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him. Have you been doing some asking lately? Or have you sort of let that one drift a little bit? The Apostle Paul writes, make your requests before God. And those requests aren't qualified. They can go from anything to be, I love that jacket that I saw the other day, to, Lord, I wish I'd help me to know you better. Whatever the... You know, the the gamut is from, from one to the other. The issue is not what we're, the issue is we are involving God in our life. The worst things that I experience from my children is when I'm ignored. I don't like that. It hurts me. Right? But they're adolescents. Well, some of them are past that now. But but it is that, that's the, what's worse than outright rebellion is total disregard. So there's an invitation here from God. It says, ask, ask, seek, and knock. Sometimes we have different experiences of where God is at the moment for us. And again, using parenting as an example, sometimes I'm in the same room as my children. And they go, Dad, can I have a sausage? Mm. Yes. Sometimes I'm not in the same room. Sometimes I'm down at the end of the house. And they've got to go and find me. Go, Dad, can I have a sausage? Can I have a sausage? Dad, can I have a sausage? Sometimes I'm asleep and I'm snoring behind the door. You know, not often. <laughs> Dad! 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 And I wake up and my predisposition is to give you good things. Don't overcomplicate it, please. Jesus says, your father will give you good things. That's the spiritual battle, the spiritual challenge for us. That we have a God who's close to us. We have a God who wants to hear from us. We have a God who wants to give good things to us. I remember once I was uh, down at Hillary's Harbour. I was walking around. Another sort of thought came into my head. And I went, I think that's God because that came from nowhere. 
because I was looking at the boats. And I was going, oh, that's a nice boat, that'd do me. That'd do me. Straight away, that is your problem. Again, God being, you know, encouraging. Right? That is your problem. What was my problem? That I was prepared to settle for something that wasn't the best. And I went, yeah, God wants me to seek and ask and go after those things that are the desires of my heart. So, again, on this Father's Day, it's not that we, it's a blank check or anything, but I think God wants us to get engaged again, to invite him into our lives, to share what our desires are, and to make those requests before God, whether they're material or not material, or relationships, whatever that might be. Number one, I understood closeness better. Number two, I understood that God wants to be our go-to guy. Number three, I lived to sacrifice for my children. Four or five of them come around, bring a couple of friends. We've only got 12 chicken wings. They're not going to go around. Oh, I'm not hungry anymore. Here's something you won't hear a dad say. I'll, I'll eat a carrot or something. <laughs> we want to make our, life, our children's lives better. We want them to succeed. So we will sacrifice. Mums and dads, parents, we do this. No, I'm not hungry. Yes, I'll pick you up at 11.30 at night, even though I usually go to bed at 8. Because <laughs> you want to do this, or this is happening with you. We need a new frying pan. Oh, OK, well, buy that for me and you can give it to me as a Christmas present. Right? Do that one. The greatest act of love we know is that, Jesus, that uh, our Father gave Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. 1 John 4 says this, we love because God loved us first and gave his son as a sacrifice for our sins. God's blessed us with every spiritual blessing, the Bible. He has not withheld anything from us. Apostle Peter writes, you have been blessed, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in God's we've got them all but we've got them all because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross Shall they Jesus says I'm the way I'm the truth and I'm the life no one comes to the Father except through me the Father is always the destination and if we doubt God's love and commitment to us and for us then we just have to look at this amazing sacrifice. Why do I sacrifice for my children? Because I want them to succeed. I want them to be the best that they can be. I want them to enjoy life. I want them to be feeling complete. I want them to be feeling full. And that's God's heart toward us. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to be complete. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be fully alive. But there's a price that has to be paid. We have to deal with sin. Once that sin's removed, then we are restored, as Alan said before. We are restored to a Father who can embrace us. And that sacrifice was the gift of Jesus, his son, on the cross. And that is an amazing, unsurpassed act of love. You know, if I'm going to help Andy out here, 
I might say, Andy, I love you so much, I'm prepared to die for you. And he goes, thank you. But there's something more you could do. No, I, I, I would express my love for Andy for dying for him, but if I sacrifice one of my children instead, don't like to talk about this, that's a greater act of love. That's what our Father in Heaven did. He paid the ultimate price. He paid and, and enacted the greatest act of love the world has ever known. The sacrifice of His Son in our place, that that barrier of sin would be removed and we would be restored to our Father's heart. He is close to us. He wants to be part of who we are wants to be our go-to guy and he will and he has sacrificed his all to reclaim us back. And that's our access to that love. How do we claim, we started out by saying you know, that, that's a great spiritual challenge for us. How do we claim that? Where do we start? We start by acknowledging this, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for us. Matthew 11, Jesus says this, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We put this amazing act of love, this sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, centre in our hearts. Jesus will reveal that love that put him on the cross. That love which has reached out to each one of us with the love that the Bible says surpasses our understanding and we need the Holy Spirit for. So here on Father's Day as we just come to a close, I want to pray those three prayers for us. One about our surrender to God anew. One about, Lord, we want to include you in our life. And one about receiving that sacrifice of Jesus anew in our hearts. So we let him pray for us here. Lord, we thank you on this Father's Day. You are our Father. You are our Dad with a love that surpasses our understanding. And here in this moment, Lord, we, as your children, Surrender again to your love. We release every thought that would bring confusion, every thought that would bring error, every feeling that would be not of you. And we surrender again, Lord. We say, up, please. Bring us close to you us close to your heart that we might know your love anew in us and Lord we bring the desires of our heart to you now Lord we ask for your hand to be upon us to make a way in our relationships to make a way in our health to make a way in our finances, to make a way in our families, to make a way in our well-being, to make a way in our situation and circumstance. Lord, we bring these requests to you and we invite you in, in the name of Jesus.
Father, we receive anew the sacrifice and the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Father, we receive Jesus anew in our hearts today. We confess our need for a Saviour. We confess our sins to you. And we thank you that by the blood of Jesus, our sins are forgiven, our sins are covered, and we are restored to your side. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.